You are now listening to the Lawn Care Power Moves podcast with Matt and Steele. Welcome to the Lawn Care Power Moves podcast, where we are mowing down barriers to excellence in the lawn care profession. I am Cornell Mack. And I am Cedric Still. And on today's show, we have none other than the man, the myth, the legend himself. You know him from Brian's Lawn Maintenance on YouTube, LauntrepreneurAcademy.com, Entrepreneur Academy Live, the live event in Novi, Michigan, and the Fullerton Unfiltered Podcast. We have today Mr. Brian Fullerton. How are you doing today, homeboy? Hey, I am doing good. When you guys said, I am Cedric and I am Mac, I was like, I am Groot, you know, so it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. <laughs> yes, sir, man. Thanks for coming on. We, uh, you know. We're some uh, big supporters of you, so we're excited to get you on the show today. Pick your brain, see what motivates uh, Brian Fullerton, and uh, you know the person. They say, "What do you get?" The person who has it all. It seems like you have a lot going on right now. So, can you give us a little lay of the land? What's going on with Brian's lawn maintenance these days? <laughs> well, thanks for the humble introduction. I hope I live up to uh, one quarter of that. <laughs> yeah, we're 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 nobodies, man. We're just out there uh, hustling, working hard, just like you guys. Uh, lawn and landscape business is really, really healthy. The social media is growing because of all of you guys out there listening in and subscribing, following, liking, hearting, all that mess. Super grateful, thankful for that. But things are good over here, man. We're excited about 2023. 2022 was a solid year for Brian's Lawn Maintenance for the uh, Lawn and Landscape Company. I had mentioned earlier on a podcast, we were up six digits and net profit was an additional 40000 on what we had made the year before. So all in all, uh, a strong year for us, almost hit 300 in revenue, which might surprise some. Bigger business than some people think, maybe a smaller business than some people think, but I always say we're somewhere in the middle. And I'm really, really excited about what we accomplished. Me, Rob, Mark, Dominic, it was a solid team of guys last year. And I'm really excited about, like I said, what we put together in 2022. But honestly, man, we're still laying the foundation ever since I got my business kind of more on the fast track these last four or five years which a lot of people have seen publicly, you know, Mm -hmm. we finally, I think, caught our stride. And man, I'm telling you what, we have, we have big goals for 2023. And uh, I'm really, really excited about what we're putting together where people think like we just do a bunch of social media stuff, but I'm like, Hey, we actually have this huge, huge enough lawn landscape business. We're doing okay. And uh, I think everybody thinks we're busy making YouTube videos, but uh, we got two parallel businesses going on at once, man. And it's going to be a wild 2023. As long as as long as nothing happens, no aliens, no asteroids, no <laughs> anything else, no bird flu. <laughs> you know what I mean? So yeah, we're going to need a topic for the next new movie, Brian. You got to yeah. have something to come up with. I know, right, man. It's uh, I, you know, I, I used to say like nothing surprises me anymore. Like I've been in business for this is my 17th season, believe it or not. And nothing quote unquote surprises me anymore. But like, I don't think anybody had COVID-19 world pandemic on their bingo card in 2020 either, you know? So <laughs> right. A shocker to us all. So before we get too far into you know the future plans and things like that and what's going on for 2023, can you uh, give us a little bit of a backstory for those that somehow have no clue who Brian Fullerton is? Well, yeah, absolutely. And, and I don't take it for granted if people know me or don't know me. I mean, long story short, I was working at uh, Little Caesars Corporation for about two years as a store manager in Commerce, Michigan, managing my own pizza joint. Do you guys have $5 Hot Reddies like where you guys live, like the Hot Reddies? Yes, sir. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, they're, they're a classic out there, you know? So 
before that was a shift manager, just a crew member. So I was working at Little Caesars for a total of four years. Short story long, I actually got laid off from there. I got fired. It's a whole other story for a whole other time. Uh, I was a manager. So I had went to whatever it was back in the day, the uh, you know careerfinder.com or monster.com or whatever it was, right? And uh, I saw route manager. And so I saw that at a company called True Green, which is a fertilizer company. And to me, I was going to manage a bunch of people because that's all I knew, right? I was managing people. Uh, I did not know that that meant getting myself up at 5 a.m. to be in a tanker truck 10 hours a day fertilizing lawns. So to go from cutting pizzas and all that mess to fertilizing grass was a wild uh, career shock, if you will. So, (laughs) I mean, it's just wild. But long story short, I had cut grass as a kid from like 10 to 16 years old. And so one day I was uh, fertilizing a lawn. I saw these two dudes across the street, hop out of their truck, cut some grass, you know, maybe made 20, 30, 40 bucks, whatever. And I'm in this tanker truck, right? You got to imagine this. I'm in this tanker truck that has no air conditioning. I'm sweating my butt off. It's 90 degrees out. I'm in full pants, full shirt, rubber boots, wet, slimy rubber gloves. If you do fertilizer, you know. And I'm watching these two dudes across the street in cutoffs in a t-shirt and uh, or shorts, you know what I mean? Cut grass. And I'm thinking to myself, what am I doing? I could do that. And so short story long, a couple of days, a couple of weeks later, whatever it was, I went on and bought a, a walk behind zero turn mower, used my brother's Dodge Durango. I started cutting grass like on the sides, like weekend warrior style, kind of forest gumped myself, you know, for the next several years, about another decade after that. Turning and burning through equipment, not the most profitable. Uh, honestly, we kind of joke in the industry like the chuck in the truck kind of a guy. Mm-hmm. And and we were figuring things out along the way. We we were good at some things. I would say we were a seven or an eight. Other things, we were a zero or a one or a two. Met some great people as I hopped on social media in 2016. We decided to randomly start a YouTube channel. It wasn't anything like super thought out. I just re- reviewing a video, uh, reviewing a mower. Uh, on video that uh, I was about to trade in. And from there forward, it was kind of this parallel path of like me trying to help people on YouTube with what I was doing that was working. Uh, But then also, so many people were weighing in on the videos, helping give me encouragement about how to get my business uh, more right, more profitable, better equipment, Mm kind of like Brian's Law Maintenance 2.0, I called it. So that's kind of been the... Uh, the origin story to also like the Brian's Law Maintenance 2.0 this last five years. The first 10 years, not very illustrious. Um, <laughs> not very, nothing really to be uh, super proud about other than maybe that we stuck it out, which I think there's some merit to that. But the last five or so years, we've really got our business more right, more profitable. We're learning every single day, no doubt about it. We don't have it all figured out. But I was saying recently on a podcast of my own, I think the last two or three years, we've made more profit than probably the first 10 or 12 years combined, you know? So mm-hmm. it's uh, it's been a crazy story. Social media has grown. Uh, we've made so many friends in the industry. It's just been a wild ride, man. So that's that's the uh, Brian's Law Maintenance in six minutes or less, you know? We want to, I guess, I, I've never done this before, but we want to thank today's sponsor, LauntrepreneurAcademy.com, where, you know, me and Cedric are not just... Um, fans of it we're also users so i I mean i highly highly recommend the whole ball of wax you get everything in one um there's really no other way to go if you're going to buy one thing you might as well get that whole ball of wax and have access to everything from everything that you have to offer on that that 
is to offer on that website. I look, that website came out. I think at the beginning it was a uh, hundred and seventy or two hundred and seventy nine dollars, right? And at the time, I was still chucking a truck. I was broke as broke, busted, and disgusted, like Paul Jamison would say. And uh, I didn't have the money, and that thing just kept on going up. As, as Brian added things to it to make businesses better, the price goes up as it should. And by the time I actually did get it, it was a thousand dollars. I believe it right now is probably like fifteen hundred bucks. But I'm telling you right now, just just the snow resource alone that I got made me thirty grand in one winter. It cost two hundred seventy nine dollars. Come on, man, what you doing? It's a growing opportunity. Yeah, I, I don't know if that's <laughs> that ain't that ain't really a drop. I'm supposed to just say something cool, but you know, I don't know. I I, I truly believe in that product. So yeah. <laughs> and we we definitely want to appreciate today's sponsor. Did you want to add anything to this, Brian? I mean, what else are you gonna add to that, Mac? It just uh it just dropped the mic, you know. But I that's exactly it, man. My my goal is to help you guys out on a shoestring budget. Business is still business. You gotta have some skin in the game, right? Thank God the whole ball of wax ain't ninety nine thousand with a twelve percent franchise fee. Right. Yeah. I mean, mm. and by the way, it's going to go up to two G's because we got, I think, 13 new things slated for 2023. I'm not hyping it up. I'm just telling you that's what we do. We're just going to keep rocking and rolling, adding more resources. Um, but that's my point. Like $49 for a lawn care contract that you can submit, go get a $10,000 apartment complex just for the one complex, just for the first year. Right. Like, so Mac, you, you got to invest in education, right? Like you're, you're talking about a second ago. The snow program, for example, uh, two hundred seventy nine bucks. I don't know what two seventy nine into thirty thousand your first year is, but that's uh, is that a hundred times return? It's something insane. I, I mean, that's something so, sounds good to me, and that's your first year, right? right? So we we could be charging thousands for all this. We don't because again, Brian Fullerton ten years ago, I had two nickels to my name, brother. So uh, we just it's it's a it's a fine balance of making it affordable, making it available. But then also um, trying to make enough to you know fund the hobby because websites aren't free, hosting's not free, the podcast isn't free. And by the way, so many of you guys have been supporting Launchpreneur Academy. It's not even funny. I, I, I so appreciate the support. Uh, it really does help my wife stay home to be a full time mom. Um, this is just a, a spare tire income for us to bless my my family. You know, so I do appreciate you guys supporting our small business. There's no doubt about it. And if you ever have Questions, comments, concerns, dude, shoot me an email, shoot me a DM. Um, if you're not happy with something, dude, 100% money back guarantee. We've, I think we have less than like probably a one tenth of a 1% refund rate. But when people want a refund, my gosh, I, I take care of it within, you know, an hour. We got you. So absolutely no big deal either which way. Have you ever thought about starting your own lawn and landscaping business, but not sure where to start? Look no further than LawnTrepreneurAcademy.com, an e-training website dedicated to helping you start and grow a successful lawn care business. Save more time and make way more money by learning exactly what it takes to grow your business to the next level. Invest in your future by first investing in yourself. Use promo code PODCAST to save 10% on all training programs today at LawnTrepreneurAcademy.com. Now back to the show. So I, I really want to get into social media. You know, obviously that's how I know you. But before we get into the, I think that you've been so supportive of of the stuff that uh, that I do and the stuff that Cedric and I do. I, I I know that today we can help a lot of people by just giving them good advice 
on how to be uh, good in social media. But before we do that, I want to know, because one of my biggest videos so far has been me just telling when I found out, like when I realized that this was going to be something that I was going to do. So I know you've been in it for 17 years and obviously you gotten into it young because you're not even that old. But was there a particular moment? Was it like a first season, even though you weren't making money? How did you know like that lawn care was going to be the thing for you? Man, that's a good question. I would have to say, I don't think I decided at 20, 25, 30, 35. I think I decided that first or second lawn that I mowed back when I was 10 or 11 years old, you know? Mm. We had a little three and a half horsepower, whatever, a little Murray push mower in my mom's shed. And whether I mowed our property at my mom's trailer park uh, or the lawn across the street, one of our neighbors, I can't remember. But I just, I lit up, man. I enjoyed it. It was, I was 10 years old. I was a, a little peanut, dude. I was probably 60 pounds. I was a little guy. I mean, maybe, you know? This was a self or wasn't self propelled. It was a push mower, right? So I'm like doing the arms across the bars, pushing this thing diagonal, <laughs> cutting the neighbor's lawn that was probably five inches tall because people were pretty cheap in the trailer park, as you can imagine. So I think I fell in love with it then because really, like I didn't mind the work. I enjoyed being outside. It was fun. It was it was hard, but it was rewarding. But then somebody gave me ten bucks, and I was like, wait a minute, like this one took twenty thirty minutes to do. And I think the numbers just kind of clicked. I was like, oh my God, I can make money doing this. Like, I enjoy it. Mm. I like it. I think the smell of fresh cut grasses, I think they should make like a Yankee candle on that, you know? Like, because <laughs> everybody just likes fresh cut grass. You know what I mean? So, no doubt. I, I don't think I saw like the grand empire, you know, like at 10 years old. I just thought, hey, this is something that's viable. I caught the bug. I think it made sense for me. And, and frankly, the alternatives were go to college, four-year degree. I wasn't good in high school anyway. I kind of realized, I don't want to say scam, but I kind of realized I wasn't going to be going the academic route. So mm. when I kind of stitched some things together at 14, 15, 16, I was like, well, dang it, I'm stuck in high school. And I always encourage people to finish up high school, of course. But I just kind of stopped applying myself in high school because I wanted to grow this business and I was just kind of stuck in high school for another year or two to wrap that up, as you would imagine. So yeah, I don't know if I saw like a grand empire at 10, 12, 13 years old, but when I got back into the industry at 20, I had realized like, because I got fired for my first job, I actually got fired. It was kind of like a, you just don't work here anymore thing at True Green. There's a whole story mm -hmm. there. Yeah. But when I got laid off and then laid off again and, you know, laid off for the second or third time, I had just realized like, you know, this isn't for me. It's just uh, every time I keep getting fired, I start back at the bottom of whatever job I take. And I was just wise enough at 2021 to realize I don't want to just keep restarting, you know, and we live in Metro Detroit. It's automotive. Everybody and their brother has been laid off once, twice, five times. I think, I think the average person has like seven careers by the time they retire. And I was like, dude, I love cutting grass. I like cutting grass. We'll figure out the money side. We'll figure out the business side. But I just knew I didn't want the alternative. I think more than I knew what I did want, I knew what I didn't want. So, yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of people feel what you said. It's crazy that you felt it at such a young age because I did, you know, we cut grass too, It was, but it was a chore. Yeah. I was, <laughs> sure. I was doing, I was doing it because my grandmother was providing food for us and, and show, you know what I mean? 
which yep. is totally understandable. But because it was presented in that fashion, I couldn't see that this was going to be a business. It took until I bought my own home and everything, start cutting my own grass. And yep. it recognized that that was what some people were doing or paying people. I'm like, what is going on here? So, yeah. so wild story. Um, when I was at home, we had just moved into this uh, double wide trailer. My parents got divorced, single mom, three kids. You know, we grew up no money, no connections, no nothing, right? So the first year or two, I don't think my mom had a, a mower because she hired a, a guy in the trailer park to mow our lawns. His name was Dave. And, I, you know, my memory's blurred on that one. He was probably late 20s, early 30s. But he had a truck and a trailer and, you know, big Viking or uh, turf tracer, you know, 48-inch, 52-inch walk behind. And I would be plastered on the window, you know, at 8, 9, 10 years old, watching this dude cut grass. And I'm just like... Holy cow. And then I think he had some uh, health challenges. And so he couldn't cut grass anymore. So my mom was like, it just kind of made sense. She's like, hey, do you want to go cut the lawn? And I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. Right. So it is just kind of funny how we quote unquote fall into things. Cause you always wonder, like, how do people become engineers or how do people become doctors? Like, right. how do people become, uh, excuse me, become nurses? And it's like, you just kind of fall into it and then you enjoy it. You don't hate it. I think people are kind of predestined a little bit to do certain things in life. And uh, I guess I'm supposed to cut grass, man. I really enjoy it. I've never had a, I've had rough days and struggle days, of course, like everybody else with running the business, but I've never really hated the work. You know, I've, yeah. I've always enjoyed, I've always enjoyed the work. Every time I get done cutting the lawn, I look back and I go, thing that looks good, you know, like see you next week, you know? So Yeah. Brian, you have mentioned, you know, you've you've been here for 17 years, like you said, our 17th season, but you've said even recently, whether it be at Entrepreneur Academy Live or even on a podcast or two, that you really didn't get things zeroed in to where you're running smoothly and, and full pace until what you said, like the last three or five years, I think it was. And yeah. I, I, I would just wonder, what would you tell to the guy that kind of feels in the same place that you were, where it's like, Things aren't running as smoothly as they can. Like, what tips would you give those guys? Well, first off, you have to figure out why things weren't running as profitably as possible, right? Like, it's it's just a process of elimination, right? So right. we were good at the work. We were getting good at the equipment. But we weren't good at knowing our numbers. We weren't good at profitability for our pricing. We weren't good at the bookkeeping, the tax filing. So we were really good at the the technician side of things, right? I think a lot of people are. They can sling mulch, they can install brick pavers. But there has to come to a point when you realize like either this thing is going to be a glorified hobby or I'm going to treat it like a real business, put myself on payroll, make sure there's enough profit left over. I don't want to just own a job, right? Uh, so I was a seven or an eight at doing the work, but honestly, I was at a one or a two behind the scenes, like kind of running this thing. And frankly, it was like the good old throw mud up against the wall and sees what sticks. And so from my personal experience and then through talking through a lot of folks over the years, I think a lot of people similarly enjoy the work. I think we all really enjoy the work. I, 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 my belief is that if you don't enjoy the work, I think the industry will spit you out pretty quickly because mm -hmm. it is. It's physical. It's, it's labor intensive. It's not easy. There's rain days, hot days. Like if, if you don't get chewed out of the meat grinder in the first first six months, maybe first season, then I think you might be a lifer. That being said, just because you're good at doing the work, not everybody's automatically good at being a business owner. And again, mm -hmm. 
why would you be, right? We all came from arguably the public school system. And I don't know your guys' experience, but mine was they were really good at teaching me how to be an employee and really, really encouraged me to go to college, like almost exclusively. Now, maybe your guys' story or somebody listening in has got a little bit different background where you went to school and they taught you how to be an entrepreneur. I will tell you out of my personal experience, also having perfect attendance at high school for the last four years and then also two years of middle school, I never missed a day. Maybe they taught entrepreneurship when I went to the bathroom, but... You were the everyday guy? I was uh, the everyday guy. Okay. C- congratulations yeah. on that one. I, I never thought I'd I, uh, seen that in you. Yeah. Great job, Brian. <laughs> I was the everyday guy. So for six years in a row, I had perfect attendance and they never taught entrepreneurship. They barely taught accounting. They never taught real life skills. They never taught finances and taxes and how to get a loan and how to... From automotive stuff, how to change a tire, like the practical stuff that we all rant about all day long, right? So again, a lot of people enjoy the work, but you have to learn how to be a business owner. And that's the stuff where I didn't pay attention to... I listened to the motivational stuff, I'll be honest with you. Like, yeah, you got to work hard and you know, screw the man and like be your own boss and be an entrepreneur. And like, I could regurgitate all the same guru mantras as everybody else. But at the end of the day, like, when was the last time I looked at my PL? When was the last time I looked at my cash flow statement? When's the last time I had a honest quarterly call with my CPA about where my taxes were? How good was my accounts receivable at collecting the money for the work I did? Mm. Customers were running my life. It was just, it was bizarre. So I think after that first 10 or 11 years, the tail was so wagging the dog. It wasn't funny. And I, I should have realized I just didn't have the optics. Two things. I either should have quit and went to get a job or two, sometimes out of necessity, you'll start figuring things out. And also like, there's a good old, like when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Uh, I bumped into a friend of mine named Mike Bedell. I mention him very often because he's such an integral part of my story about this paradigm shift that I had in my my business because Mike was really good at being a business owner. And he's like, hey, I know you're really excited about everything. How about this? And how about that? And he was probing just as a friend, like just as a buddy, we just an acquaintance, then a friendship, then a relationship. But uh, I was giving him a bunch of like weak sauce answers. And he's like, hey, like, I don't want to like intrude, but I think you might need some more help over here or over here. Have you thought about that? And after about 12 or so months of hanging out with Mike, I kind of realized like, hey, this guy knows a lot. And he didn't have an ego. He wasn't trying to you know, push anything down down my neck. Uh, he was just like, as a friend, right? He took me under his, under his wing mm-hmm. and under his arm. And so what that started was a two-year process of really diving deep about growing a real business. And I will tell you, it was it was the missing link, like nobody's business, like from having a, a bookkeeper to having an accountant to understanding our pricing to knowing our PL to understanding how to charge, what to charge, when to charge. He taught me, you know, some X's and O's too about like technical work in the industry. But more specifically, he was really helpful with a mindset shift about how to look at business ownership and. Mm-hmm. And again, I was good at slinging pizzas. I was good at fertilizing lawns. I was good at cutting grass. But how many times have we all heard like it's it's not what you know, it's it's who you know, it's not what to do, it's how you think. Like, you know, from the neck down, you're worth $15 an hour. From the neck up, you're worth millions of dollars. Well, mm-hmm. Mike, Mike was probably that first 
example that I could share in this kind of weird story that really helped me see business different. So one of the, I'm going to tell I know, I can tell you the exact video that made me like, I, I really messed with Brian Fullerton and I'm, I'm going to subscribe to his stuff. And, and it was this video, you were standing in front of a whiteboard because I, I had been watching you. Everyone knows like my affinity for Keith and he's the reason I got into the, but when here's what happened with you. So I was, uh, I was just, chucking a truck worse than that. And then you did a video where you said, here's how you can take a $75,000 a year business and turn it into a $300,000 business by just spreading out linear instead of vertically. Like you don't need to add more clients. You can just add more services. When you, when you said that, that's like a light bulb hit me like, oh, I can, I, I won't be killing myself because I'll already be at the place doing like, you know what I mean? So that's when I was like, all right, I'm subscribed to Brian. I believe in it. Then you started your podcast and I was listening to that. That was helping me out a lot. And and I think that coincided with launchpreneuracademy.com. So I want to transition to launchpreneuracademy.com because I feel like, at least for me and Cedric, this is why you know we really groove with you is because I, we had no business experience. So a lot of the the success I can attribute to some of the a lot of the resources and and modules that I went through on Entrepreneur Academy. So was it some, because you started out like how you started out without knowing anything, and then you met Mike Bedell? Is that why it became important for you to create a resource? A lot of people will say, "Oh, he just wants to make, he wants to make money." I know you differently than that. So does Cedric. Like we know the the genuine person that you are. So was there what, what was it like? Was it because of your lack of information you wanted to help others to not have that? Is that what the whole premise was behind all of that? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a good question. It, it's kind of like a trident. There's probably two or three prongs on that one. Like, number one, I did it for me. Like, I had to learn, right? Like, I, I, everything I was learning that I was sharing, I was going through that process too, right? So I'm thinking to myself, holy crap, like, if this stuff is helping me, I would have to imagine it's helping other people too, or it could help other people. And so I did get some flack for some people that were like, you just learned this 18 months ago. Now you're selling that information. And I'm thinking to myself, well, let's break that down. Number one, you're, you're saving time, just getting the meat. You don't have to sift through 20 YouTube videos and all that garbage. 49 bucks, you can get the answers. 100 bucks, you can get the answers. A coaching call, 250 bucks, you can get your answers. It's wild to me that people don't take more advantage of that stuff. But number two, it was, it was also like this... I don't want to sound like overly noble or altruistic, but it was just a, hey, I wanted to leave breadcrumbs for the Brian's Law maintenance of 10 to 15 years ago. Like you guys have heard me say that. Many people have heard me say that on my show. I didn't know what I didn't know, right? So what I wanted to do was make the content from YouTube to the podcast, the Entrepreneur Academy, to the live event, make this available to the Brian's Law maintenance that was struggling 10 or 15 years ago to give him just a shot, man, just a chance, you know? And so like I say in my podcast a lot, some people treat a crumb like a feast and some people treat a feast like a crumb. And so some people like $249 for a coaching call where you can talk to a Caleb Allman, a Keith Kelfus, or whoever. They're like, I would never pay 250 bucks for answers like that. That's treating a, a crumb or a feast like a crumb. And then other people I do a monthly coaching call with and have for two to three years. And I've seen their business revenue go from 70,000 to 700,000. And I could drop names. And you guys will actually know who these people are. 
And I'm thinking to myself, like, it's a couple hundred bucks to get the best information that you can. Like, for example, if Stanley Dirt Monkey was like, hey, I'll give you an hour of my time for 500 bucks. Stan's my friend. I have his cell phone. We text all the time. I would still book as many calls that Stan had available the minute he made them available to buy as much access and time of Stan's thought process as I could. Mm-hmm. Because the guy is a multi multi millionaire and has been in business for, I don't know, what do you guys think, 25 years, 30 years? Yeah, long like, time. Why would you not take advantage of that? So I guess just a, a long answer uh, to just to cut it down really quick would be I wanted to make sure that we could help other people as we were learning. Because I think it's the most fresh when you're going through that too. Like, number two, I wanted to leave breadcrumbs for, for the Brian, Brian Fullerton 10, 15 years ago for people that just didn't have a hope. I mean, you're not going to get access to a Keith Kelfus. He's not coming to your neighborhood tomorrow. You know, you're not going to get access to a Caleb and Brittany Allman. They're just, they're just, they're over in, uh, by Cedric. They're in uh, Columbus, Ohio. They're not coming to your house tomorrow in Austin, Texas to teach you how to run a hardscaping business. So, so it's an extension. It's like, again, it's just a perspective. Like, are you grateful? Are you, you know, going to, I don't want to say a hater, but at the end of the day, like, I'm so glad this content exists. I mean, by the way, Mac, you were saying that video, I know the exact video that you're talking about. It was about two and a half, three years ago now. And my business, what did it go from? 75,000 to 300,000. Yeah. So, so if anybody wants to think that I'm just selling snake oil, I'm a practitioner, bro. Like I'm doing what I'm telling you guys works. Not so you go do it. I hope it inspires you to take action. I'm not trying to tell you guys what to do, though. I'm showing you, hey, here's what works. I'm going to go do it. I'm going to go win. And then that's the proof in the pudding. Yep. That's it. That's it. That's Brian's Law Maintenance. I'm not here to tell you to go do something. I'm not here to convince you to do something. I'm not here to inspire you to go do something. If you're motivated, if you're inspired, if you're educated, well, duh, thank the Lord. But at the end of the day, I'm going to go win for my family. And show you guys that if I can do it, you can do it. I think yes. that's the best that, that's the best way to approach social media. So again, I don't have an ulterior motive. But if I can give you the tools, the resources, the education, the information, the atmosphere to shave 15-year journey for me down to 15 months or something like that for you, how could anybody logically have a problem with that? There's there's your mic. There's your mic drop. (laughs) (laughs) Does that answer your question? Yes, sir. There you go. All right. So as uh, Brian normally says, we're going to take a moment, get a sip of water. Here's today's uh, show sponsor. Enjoying today's show? Motivated to take your lawn care and landscaping business to the next level? Learn what it takes to grow your lawn and landscaping business today. With training and education from the Lawntrepreneur Academy. Get educated with how-tos on mulch installation. Plowing snow. Aeration and overseeding. And so much more. These training programs are designed to help you save time and make more money with your business. Invest Invest in in your future by first investing in yourself. Use promo code PODCAST to save 10% on all courses today at Lawntrepreneur Academy. Now, back of the show. Okay, we're back. And let's just, I don't, man, this is weird. (laughs) We transition into um, social media now. I want to talk a little bit about, you know, YouTube. 
obviously that's how everyone knows you. Um, and then you started Entrepreneur Academy live events and going to Equip Expo um, and a little bit about the Fullerton Unfiltered podcast. You know, we are seeing you. There's so many different places that you can find Brian's lawn maintenance. When did you discover like this is something I'm going to be good at and that I'm going to like really, really invest into this stuff? Uh, well, I'll tell you straight up, bro. Uh, good at is, is always an asterisk. You know what I mean? We, dude, you got to realize, like I was cutting grass, slinging pizzas and spraying lawns. I didn't go to school for social media. I didn't have some neighbor who was a social media guru, who was a TikToker and then show me the ropes. No way, shape or form. Dude, we're, Liz and I still, anytime we like talk to people in real life, you know, like the public and, uh, friends or whatever, like, Hey, what do you guys do? You know, like that whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. like, yeah, we, we do some stuff with YouTube and like, oh, YouTube. And we like downplay it because we don't see us as like YouTubers. We're just normal people. Like, and it sounds weird because some people get lost in the numbers or the, the, the you know, the, the cameras and the paparazzi of it, whatever. But I didn't, I didn't, I didn't set out to like be a YouTuber, man. I'm, I'm a reluctant YouTuber. I'm a reluctant podcaster. I'm not, I'm not a podcaster. I don't know what a podcaster credentialed person would look like. I guess I'm a podcaster by by credentials because I have a podcast. I have a microphone. But like, dude, I'm just a regular dude. In fact, here's the best thing I'll say. Like, if you meet me in real life, you'll probably be disappointed at who I am because I'm one tenth of what everybody probably thinks you are uh, online. I'm a normal dude. I get in fights with my wife. I am not the best dad. I swear at people that cut me off in traffic. <laughs> I'm a regular dude. And so like, I appreciate the love and the support from like the business side of things to help people out. Uh, but at the end of the day, we're just a regular person. So I'm not like a guru with podcasting. I'm not a guru with Instagram. Um, I actually, for, for a funny example, I swore off Instagram for two years longer than I should have, which probably cost me 100,000 followers and probably $100,000 a year if I was a quote unquote early adopter. Because I had Julio Tomei with the Long Care Business Success Podcast. He finally just like grabbed my football helmet after a podcast episode I did for him. And he's like, hey, you need to be on Instagram. And I'm like, you know, my wife's been bothering me about that for three years now. Like it wasn't this like super thought out, we're going to get on Instagram so we can, you know, cast our net further and, and get more followers. It wasn't anything like that. But Julio had told me, he goes, hey, Instagram's a really cool thing. A lot of people in the green industry use it. I think if you wanted to get your message out there further, uh, you should look at Instagram. And mm-hmm. I went, oh, well, that just seems logical. And it was the same way with a podcast. It was the same way with uh, getting on TikTok. It wasn't like, hey, we can make more money. Because frankly, I don't think I make any money from Instagram. I don't think I make any money from TikTok. I don't, I don't know. But it's just to get the message out there further. you know. So I don't know if that answers your question. Like, we, we try to do the best we can on the platforms that we're on. You know, obviously. And I used to be like very detailed about cameras and lenses and scripting and content flow and what works and what doesn't work. What I really stopped doing a couple years ago was focusing on like how to do everything. And I just said, you know what? Uh, Gary Vee called it FTN. Uh, he used a different uh, word, but he said, fudge the numbers. And he said, just share without any interest of people reciprocating just share just share like if you get a sub you get a view you get a program sale 
you get somebody coming to the live event, like just screw that and just share your message. And I just said, I don't care if this episode gets a thousand downloads or 5,000 downloads. I don't care if this video gets a thousand views or a hundred thousand views. Frankly, frankly, a lot of the videos I do on YouTube don't get views because like they're not the sensational videos, which is kind of bothersome to me because I think like they're the most, uh, what would you call it? Like impactful videos. But like, if you have like five ways to make more money in your lawn care business in 2023, and then the algorithm's like, Hey, mowing tall grass, uh, mode cancer survivors lawn for free, whatever. And that's fine. But like, which video are people going to click? <laughs> you know, they right. click the mowing tall grass videos. They click the Mr. Beast videos. So like, if I wanted to like milk the content for the views for the YouTube millions, I could, and you guys could tomorrow. It's the, it's right in front of you. Just duplicate what other people are doing. But for me, we started our social media six years ago. And I said, this is the only wise wisdom kind of thought I had, honestly, approaching my social media. I said, I will do this as long as I never focus on making money. Like that can't be my God. Because if we do that, uh, I just, I, I had enough wisdom to realize like people were making money with social media and, and, and social media is a broad term because social media wasn't really a thing. It was YouTube, mm-hmm. right? Six, seven, eight, ten years ago, there was the, sh- the Shay Tards, the family vloggers, Shay Carlson, PewDiePie, Equals 3, Philip DeFranco. Like I've been watching YouTube since 05 when it came out. So I'm like, okay, I know you can be like Jenna Marbles. I know you can be YouTube rich. But I said, I never want to do any of our content just to get brand deals, just to make money. Because like, I would like, quote unquote, lose my soul doing it. Right. So mm. the Gary V way is saying FTN, you know, screw the numbers. It just means give, give, help, help. Now, what I had realized, and this is the honest part, what this is the more honest part. I had realized like funding the hobby takes money. <laughs> like it just any way, shape, or form, I've had the biggest critics criticize what we're doing. And then 12 months later, 24 months later, 36 months later turn into what they swore to destroy because they realized that even hating takes money, right? Like, <laughs> like, like to get your message out there and, and hating is probably like the strong side of that, that, that perspective, mm-hmm. but no matter what, dude, like you have to fund the hobby. I don't care if it's bass fishing. I don't care if it's paintball. I don't care if it's RC cars, like, if you don't start making some money to fund the hobby to at least break even to at least break even after six months, 12 months, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, your husband, your wife, they're, they're going to pull the plug, bro. Like, so running YouTube, we're a thousand dollars in for a camera, $500 in for a GoPro. You know, I'm spending time and money. I bought a $1,500, uh, iMac. No, no, uh, MacBook. And I'm three, four, five thousand $5,000 into YouTube. I'm not making any money. And then somebody comes along and says, hey, we got these lawn care shoes. If you sell them, you make five bucks. Well, I need them anyway. Uh, Yeah, sure. All right, we'll give you an affiliate code. Oh, okay, cool. So like, it was just like, it wasn't like to make millions of dollars. It was just like, hey, if I can make 50 bucks here and 100 bucks there, and then buy another microphone or buy a new camera lens to like make Mm. better content, then to me, it was just fun in the hobby. And, And some people get that and some people don't. I will tell you, the people that don't get it, like you're never going to convince them. That's fine. But they still watch the videos for free. Like, dude, my camera right now is $6,500. Mm-hmm. 
That's stupid. (laughs) (laughs) We we didn't start that way. But like to run my podcast, it's $2,000 a month. It's $25,000 a year for me to produce something that people consume for free. Well, you're making millions on it. Am I? You don't know that. It might be a loss leader. We might make a hundred grand a year off it. Frankly, I don't really know. <laughs> but my point is, I know what it costs me to run it. I know what it costs me to host it. I know what it costs me in production work. I know what it costs me to do these shop tours and fly across the country. And I don't care if you're main cabin spirit, it's still a couple hundred bucks. You know, so in which way, um, I did realize a couple years in, hey, we should probably monetize the hobby if we want to keep it going. And again, like you have to, you just have to. Anybody who says, I'll do it for free forever. Like I have seen every single person ever say that break because it's just not logical thinking. And that's fine. That's fine. Like I'm going to play paintball forever for free. Eventually you'll get out of the hobby or two, you'll wait to get sponsored. Right. So that's okay. Yeah. It allows you to continue to bring that content to us, you know, because if you have something, you're going to look at it eventually and be like, well, it's, I'm losing too much money doing this. I could be making money doing something else, even to just a break even, cost. right? Right. It's, it's like, a, it's a, I'm losing money. I can't keep doing this. It, it's just opportunity cost. Like I could be slinging mulch with my own business, making a hundred bucks an hour. Um, he, here's my, my biggest, um, here's the thing that I love the most about my community, your guys' community, the people that get it is like, you guys would rather see me win than some no name, no face country singer get paid 50,000 bucks to promote something he's never going to use. Who do you believe more? Some country singer who's on tour making $20 million, which is great. He gets home and he's going to go cut his ranch, his 12, his, his 70 acres. <laughs> like, <laughs> homie ain't getting home on Saturday after doing a barn burner on Friday night and cutting his 70 acres. Okay? It's just, God bless him. I, I wish it was me. I can't sing for crap. <laughs> but who do you trust more? The country singer who's never going to use that thing, a sticker on a NASCAR. Or your boy who's been doing this for 16 years and has a thousand YouTube videos and is going to go put it through the ringer mowing 120 lawns a week. Like, here's my attitude. I would rather see my friends, the people I'm learning from on social media, get paid because I know them. I like them. I trust them. They're honest versus somebody else getting an endorsement. I mean, no, no hate on Tiger Woods or your country singer of choice, or your NASCAR driver of choice. God bless them. I get it. It's exposure. But... You know, when when LeBron James drives a Kia and gets 10 million for it, everybody's like, yo, LeBron's the king. And then when <laughs> when Sean Spencer does it, he's a sellout. I don't get it. I don't get it. So the haters, like you can never, you can never, it's like uh, it's like cancel culture. You can never appease them enough to to make them feel good about themselves, about why you're doing what you're doing. So I spend 0.01% of my time, my energy, my life force on that stuff. And the other 99.99 on all my friends like you guys that are listening in, helping you instead make millions of dollars. So why don't people have an issue with LeBron James or, or uh, Ariana Grande or, or, or Future? But like, if I get paid 10 grand to talk good about uh, something I'm using anyway, why is that a big deal? Thank God. Thank God. Yeah, I don't think it is. So we before we close the show, I know we gotta um we gotta be respectful of your time, like you always say to people. Um we usually ask 
business advice uh, for people who are just starting out. But what I think a lot of people who watch social media, who know who you are, who know who me and Cedric are, it's because of social media. They're watching it. They may be thinking that they want to be successful, that they want to be the next Brian Fullerton or Sean and Savannah Spencer. Uh, what is some advice you could give to them uh, as it as it pertains to being successful on social media and, and maybe branding themselves out there? I would say, number one, you have to figure out why you're doing it. You, you have to do it. The why to do it has to be more than just the money. I don't care if it's noble or not. I don't care if it's whatever. You can still, by the way, money can still be your goal. Just give more than you take. Help more than you get. Gary Vee says 51-49. I'm more of a proponent of like 90-10. But you have to figure out why you're going to do it and why you're going to stick with it. Because it's hard. Like, so it's cutting grass. Like, everybody thinks we cut grass when it's 75 degrees and sunny. <laughs> and an 8 mile an hour wind with white puffy clouds. Bro, I don't know about you guys in Philly and Ohio. Or Pittsburgh. But... That is not the weather conditions in Michigan, okay? Like, I think we get about 13, 77 degrees sunny, white puffy cloud, eight mile an hour wind from the West days in Michigan, okay? It's like, you got to figure out a, a reason why you're going to stick with it outside of being a, uh, a fair weather lawn care person or a fair weather social media person. Because it'll, uh, the first negative comment, uh, the first brand deal that collapses, um, the first video that you get copyright strike down or, you know, whatever. So you got to figure out why you're going to punch through and stick it out. Uh, you have to have a message. You have to have a reason why. All right. Number two, you got to be consistent. That's with anything in life. Okay. Uh, I think number three, and this probably doesn't get talked about enough. Um, and I'll, and I'll just say it like how it's coming to my brain, but you have to be an animal. You have to be a killer. <laughs> like just like anything in life. If you're going to soft shoe, pussyfoot, go into the gym or soft shoe, half in, half out, put your big toe in with being a good spouse to your spouse. If you half but be a good father, if you half anything, it's not going to work. Social media is not going to be any different. You have to be all in. You have to prioritize it. You have to be consistent with it. And I think a lot of people just are like, I want to be a YouTuber and make millions of dollars. And there's an exchange of value for the money that you make and anything you do in life. If somebody's making millions, it's because they're exchanging a ton of value. It's just a very simple math equation. If you're making 50 grand a year, of course, you're exchanging value. But people think being an engineer making 50 grand a year is the same thing as somebody making $2 million on social media. It's not the same. I'm not saying they're better than you. I'm just saying they're exchanging a ton of value, a ton of work, more than somebody making 50. And by the way, the $50,000 engineer might not agree with that. That's okay. They're probably smarter. But at the end of the day, like capitalism rewards people for value, period, case closed. No matter what way, shape, or form you like, whether you like it or you don't like it, I don't care. It's just a law of nature. It's a law of business. So my point is, if you want to make a lot of money with social media, you have to help a lot of people. You have to be very others focused, entertain them, educate them, pour into them, love on them, give some escapism. Uh, there's a hundred ways to look at it, whatever your your soul, your your shtick is, right? But I would say like people just think it just ha haphazardly you're going to make a million bucks on YouTube. It's just not how it works. Like you have to be a killer 
It's a real business. Just like the lawn care. It's a real business. That's what I got. My man. Another nugget. True game changer. Brian, we definitely want to thank you for uh, stopping in and hanging out with us for a little bit, allowing us to have a little bit of your time. And for you Absolutely. folks listening. Thank you for tuning in to the Lawn Care Power Moves podcast, and we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you would, take a moment, leave us a five-star review. Let us know where you're listening from and what you've gained from the podcast so far. Then share the podcast with a friend or two. It goes a long way in helping the podcast grow. If you've really enjoyed what you've heard, join us live Wednesdays at 7 p.m. for the Lawn Care Power Moves show on Instagram. You can follow each of us on Instagram at Mac underscore Landscaping 412 and at the Best. Last but not least, go subscribe to the Mac Landscaping and Lawn Care YouTube channel. And to close us out, Cornell, hit the people with another power move. This is a quote. Uh, Morgan Freeman was in a movie called Along Came a Spider. He was sitting on the park bench and this lady asked him a question. His response was, you're born with a gift. If not that, then you get good at something along the way. What you're good at, you don't take it for granted and you don't betray it. She asked him, well, what happens if you do betray it? And he says, then you betray yourself. I say that to say, don't but don't betray yourself, man. You will find something to be good at. If you're listening to us, you're most likely good at something in the green industry. Don't betray that gift. Double down on it. Triple down on it. Quadruple down on it. You're supposed to have everything that you want in this world. And if you do not betray your gifts, all of that stuff that you that you hope and that you dream for, it will be bestowed upon you. We love you. We appreciate you. We want nothing but success for you. And we're out. Peace. Yeah. I'ma put it down, hold it down, tilt my crown, hit the bass, let it pound, dog. I don't play around, dog. Run it up, run it up, run it up. All of these blessings, I pray them up. Falling like showers, they flooding up. I'm on the up and the rising, your sun is up, Lord. Blessing, I'm favored up. I need it all, ain't no giving up. City is dying, let's raise it up. Raise up the stakes, raise up my kids, raise the community up and get lit. It's not where you from, it's not how you did. It's where you at, put that on my wife, put that on my kids. It is what it is, the life that I chose. Take a chance on my own without the grace of my love. That's not the route I should go. I went from losing it out and being dead ass broke to putting trust in my faith and giving all in these songs. Just take a look at your life and wonder, could it be worse? We in the midst of a war, these casualties can't rehearse. Before you head to that hearse, make sure. You giving your all Anybody got a bottle with the move You can make it keep it moving Then just brush your mouth Cause we're